Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Word is a proud media partner of Latitude Festival 2012. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.latitudefestival.co.uk. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. My key moment of the weekend, I've decided, was the end of Grace Jones... At the Jubilee concert, going into Ed Sheeran at the Jubilee concert. Did you see this, Jude? I didn't. It, no. was, you didn't? it was astonishing. I... <laughs> okay, was right, it Haven, for, for the benefit of Jude who missed it, just describe Grace Jones's act, which came at about an hour into the proceedings. Didn't yeah, it? she came on like a fetish transformer, I guess. <laughs> she was kind of wearing lots fat. of like no fetish, not oh, fat right. transformer. I do. I want to point out for any lawyers listening. I was not questioning her weight. She looks fantastic for sixty-four. Sixty-four. Yeah. Sixty-five. Yeah. And That's for the extraordinary. For the entire performance of Sleeve to Love, I believe. Sleeve to, to the Rhythm. Sleeve to the Rhythm. She performed with a hula hoop. Like, she had the hula hoop going for the entire Amazing. song. Now, this is about five minutes long, yeah. this tune. Yeah. And, and she was singing it live, wasn't yeah. she? Well, I'd seen her do that at Lovebox a couple of years mm. earlier. Which, that was quite that kind of part of her act, where she does With that. the hula hoop? Yeah. But she also she also has pretty much a costume change and certainly a hat change for every song as well. <laughs> but Grace Jones, she, 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 has, she well, has her own Milner. Grace She's, Jones Diamond Jubilee is just a coming together of. Uh, it's extraordinary. Yeah, mind. I think it was an inspired moment actually. That, yeah. that, you know, which she couldn't accuse most of it as being yeah. of being. But she came on. It, it, she appeared to be. What I can only describe as blister packed, didn't she? <laughs> there was a kind of shine all yeah. over her, wasn't there? Wasn't there? Oh, she was unbelievable she legs. Yes. Sorry? She'd been oiled. Like that, um, that cover of. Um, <laughs> what, what, what album is it that has a cover of her, you know, naked, kind of oiled and kind of just uh, incredible? Yes. Yes, possibly, yeah. She's an incredible looking woman. And she kept. This thing going, and I, I was watching. I was watching this round with the mates. I wasn't planning to. We'd, we'd gone round to a mate for 
cup of tea and they said, oh, it's starting. You watch the beginning. We were there with the family and they were there with the family. I was still there at quarter to 11. At <laughs> we were watching it on, on a huge, great telly, high definition, with surround sound, with, you know, a, a friend of mine who's a television person. And so it was just extraordinary to watch this thing because you were thinking... She can't really be keeping that hula hoop up. up there's something self. very. There's got to be some kind of force field or something that's keeping it up. But she was doing it, wasn't she? she? she she's her own tinner of gravity. <laughs> there's something very British in the fact she was hula hooping as yeah. well. It's a bit end of the pier, isn't it? It Just, is. You know. it well, is. It was, so she did that, which was, I thought, the most astonishing moment of the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. and was then followed by. Well, had Sharon just kind of. <laughs> shambles out with his hair uncombed and proceeds to play, what's it called, the A-Team? Yes, it's called the A-Team. a song about drug addiction and prostitution and it's just him and an acoustic guitar and it was the greatest anti-climax. It was. But it was was untoppable even, I think, even Paul McCartney coming out and doing a mass 25-minute sing-along to Hey Jude would have trouble topping that. She she absolutely stole the whole thing. It was the complete the thing that got me about Ed Sheeran was that was the complete absence of kind of any kind of reaching out. You know what I mean? Oh, I know he's an acoustic act, and I know anybody playing an acoustic love him guitar as well. yeah. coming on after Grace Jones is going to be difficult. But Grace Jones is just energy incarnate. Do you know I what I mean? She's completely reaching out to you, and he's coming out, and you're thinking this is not getting beyond the I, photographer's. Pit. Yeah, I think that he was positioned there very carefully so that the rest of the show would rise again. He was kind of like the sorbet. You kind of clear the audience. Palette. palette. So we kind of forget about that. It was almost like the roadies coming up and rearranging the to be, and then somebody else a bit more up tempo will come on so that they don't look quite as awful against Grace Jones. Maybe whoever who was it the follow was it Tom Jones that followed her? Maybe he insisted that somebody Yes, average or mediocre or a bit, <laughs> a bit down key, would go on to deflate the audience. Then he could come on reckon, and, then, and look amazing. I reckon, everybody's going. Thank God, that's over. Wow. I reckon it's it was something for the kids. Um, youngsters love that cheering. Um, lots of people love that cheering. I don't get it myself. The one bit I did see, because I tried to kind of avoid the whole circus all weekend, because I just thought it's just going to drive me nuts, um, was Madness playing on top of Buckingham oh, Palace, um, which um, Alexis Petridis wrote about in a review, and it was a great review. And I thought, and he said, this is a brilliant moment. I watched it, and I must admit, the bit where they're playing Our House and the lights are flashing on the windows of Buckingham Palace, as if, you know... The, the Queen well, Mum was just projected, well, they they queen projection. Up. They yeah. projected yeah. massive great building scapes yeah. onto Buckingham Palace. That was yeah. really it good. was astonishing. We had a bus going past in yeah. there yeah. where they were animated in, the, in all kinds of ways. So it, it sort of looked at first like like the cover of Led Zeppelin's physical graffiti. Yes. <laughs> kind of come to life. Yeah. On this and, and it is because I thought at first thing playing in front of Buckingham Palace, that's not a very promising background at all. But it's actually a brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And our house, I would recommend anybody watch that on YouTube. Oh, yeah. It is fantastic, they and they're really, on the top really of Buckingham good. Palace playing it, and it did bring a tear to my eye because uh, even this, uh, you know, Republican in the corner <laughs> would have moved to well, near tears. Yeah, regardless of that, yes. I mean, the thing <laughs> that me about that, you know, and I, I don't watch television much at all, and I, I tend to avoid big things like that because mm. they drive me a bit mad. But I was still there at eleven o'clock. Because I thought, I've got to see if this falls apart at any point. <laughs> you know, because it's getting very tense once the Queen has arrived. You know, you mm. think an 85-year-old woman, 
you know what I mean, being, having this taking place on our front lawn or whatever, <laughs> late at night, it's cold enough anywhere in London, let Fills alone, it must be uh. perishing in there. I thought, something is going to go wrong with this. <laughs> But as far as I could see, and as far as my TV professional mate could see, nothing went wrong at all. Did Was the Queen there when Grace Jones was on? That's all I was No, thinking. no, she oh, showed up just after or before Tom Jones. Big Tom fan. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, they softened it slightly when she came on, didn't When she came in. Yeah. Because they had Robbie Williams doing his kind of swing oh, of number course, and yeah. so forth. You know, they're very cleverly programming it. But, you know, we've, we've all seen these big spectaculars, and it's nothing to do with music, is it? It's a spectacular. And I, I thought it was absolutely astonishing, just as a spectacular. Oh, absolutely! They'd thrown a lot of money at it, and it, it looked good on tally. Which those things—it's hard to make those things yes. look good on tally, and it mm. actually did because I, they had nice aerial shots, and they'd obviously spent a lot of money on the lighting, so the stage lit up, and they used lit, when it got a bit darker, they used the palace as well as part of the backdrop of it. And then those kind of big crane shots of the mall looking down, and when it all started to light up, it did look incredibly good. It was like kind of headliner at Glastonbury kind of thing. It was like they'd thrown every trick at the book. And uh, Kylie, you know, which was that was pretty astonishing, yeah. wasn't it? You know, she did that medley and yeah. you know, tons of dancers, as you'd imagine. But I couldn't get over how they kind of slotted McCartney's most spectacular bit of his act, which is Live and Let Die, yeah. isn't it? Into this big act, you know what I mean? Mm. You're going to come on, you're going to do four numbers, and you want your pyros in the middle of this, do you? <laughs> yeah, fine, we can do that. And it was absolutely amazing. Now, there was great controversy in the office when I arrived yesterday about whether he should have done Obla D, Obla Da, Fraser. I know you're in the anti-camp, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think he should have done? Oh, I think Hey Jude will let it be. It needs to be a great big singer. What did he do? Okay. <laughs> he did, well, what did he? Yeah. What did he do? Well, uh, he did magical mystery. You can remember magical what he, mystery tour. Magical mystery tour. All my, all my loving, loving, live and let die. And Obladi Obladi. He, did, you know, he did, a bit of, did a Let It Be, and then he oh, did yeah. Obladi Obladi. At, at which point, everybody in the cast came on and kind of right. jigged about and sung along, and then you know, and then they stopped. Ignore the noise in the background here. It's if, the. If you surveyed the nation after their least favourite people, come <laughs> the top. You see, but I don't think it's about that anymore. It's interesting because I was sitting there with my, you know, my twenty-nine-year-old daughter. Who was going, Paul McCartney's going to come on. And I was saying, well, what do we think he's going to do then? She said, I just hope he doesn't do Hey Jude. Because, you know, all her life, Paul McCartney has been popping up at massive state <laughs> dues and always doing, you know, Hey Jude. And she said, I don't want to hear it anymore. And as far as my 29-year-old daughter is concerned, Obla D, Obla Dar is not that naff thing that blights the Beatles catalogue. It's, it's a tune she's probably never heard before. But right? it, it, it's a song that doesn't mean anything outside of Beatles fans. It, it's, it has no resonance or no significance. It doesn't have a wider life because... I think uh, it does, hey, actually. Hey, hey, it has a huge wider life that kind of exists in its own orbit, but Obla Day, Obla Day is always the song that you skipped over on the Blue Album. However, always. if you're um, in your early 30s, you will remember Obla Day, Obla Day from the cover by Black Lace oh. on their Party Party album from the early 80s. Oh, I think this wow. is only you, Jude. Yeah, no, 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 but Black Lace were a big band, weren't they? 
you know, kind of for uh, kids of a certain well, they age. Were, they were, oh my! They were oh, a big hit. They sold some records. Well, in school discos in the eighties, Obadi Obladar, their version, and you know, Superman and all those were uh, everywhere. I think it's just one I'd of these. It feels a bit musical, doesn't it? I'm not f- f- keen on the song myself, but it's that same thing. It's got like a British what, musical, you know. Yeah, it's all but together. I think I think it's objectively a terrible song. It is a terrible song. <laughs> well, except that we all know it, and 17 million yeah. people kind of tapped their foot. I like they, the fact that it's not be that bad. But then more it? people know. Brian Adams' well, song, then they would know a bloody a bit. I think 17 million people probably sitting thinking, OK, well, so what are you going to finish with? Yeah. Oh. No, it, was on, such a, it was such a damp squib and Somebody on Twitter said that he should have finished with um, Elizabeth, my dear, which I know uh, John Lennon sings, you know, Her Majesty's a pretty nice. Well, yeah, that, that, I was thinking, is he going to dare yeah. sing that? Oh, did he? Did he? Yeah. Ah. I didn't realise that. I watched that one. That was a long time ago. But, <laughs> so, you see, I think there's something in McCartney that's, that wouldn't dare do that because she was going to come on the stage. And did you watch him right at the end when Sir Her Majesty's coming on, whatever, and Charles is doing his speech? And behind them, they have, crowded into the shots, Paul McCartney, Elton John and Woody from Madness, yeah. right? <laughs> And I can't remember who who else. And Peter Kay. I can't think of Woody from Madness. That's just uh, hilarious. Yeah. And Paul McCartney was very carefully doing everything in his power not to distract any attention at all, whereas Elton was frankly looking a bit bored because Elton likes being the centre of attention. <laughs> he doesn't like standing behind anybody <laughs> at all. Now, the other big question we debated uh, when, when I was around at a friend's house is, you know, one of these days Paul McCartney is going to shuffle off this mortal coil Who's he live who's, forever, Macca? Who's going to headline these kind of shows in the future? Well, at I the think, moment they don't have a problem, do they, I with think, hierarchy? I think basically that whole Jubilee show was uh, Gory Barlow jostling for the job. Really? Gory Barlow positioning himself as absolutely central to the establishment. It's him kai-tying to... Uh, obviously, supporting, so it's supporting David Cameron and sucking up to the Queen and all of that, and he wants to be absorbed completely into the establishment. There was that whole kind of process of loads of artists kind of going, "Oh, we don't want to be part of the establishment," and then they kind of give in. They, at least they went through the pantomime of not wanting to be part of the establishment. Gary Barlow wanted to be part of the, mm. of the establishment but from the off. So this, this is this is he is. That, Gary, was, that, but, that was his work experience. But Gary Barlow, OK, and that's, that's a fair point, but Gary Barlow is never going to be writing down a kind of running order, even let's, when McCartney has given up doing this, he's never going to be writing down a running order that has Elton John, then him. He hasn't is got that? the charisma. He's just, no. you know, the charismatic members of Take That. Actually, Jason Orange is more charismatic yeah. than Gary Barlow. Yeah. And, you know, I like a lot of Take That's, you know... Back catalogue, I must have been. Mm. Um, but um, I, went, I went. I went to see Take That a couple of years ago in Manchester, and it was one of the best gigs I've ever seen in my life. I, you know, it was fantastic. They do proper stage shows. They're very entertaining. But the, the lowest moment of it was Gary Bollow's kind of uh, little speech between tongues, like, "Oh, hello, everyone." It's just like, "Oh, you know, he's safe. He's cuddly, and you can't be safe." I know that you know Macca is a bit safe and a bit cuddly in some ways, but you know there's so much warmth about him. There's not really warmth to Gary Barlow. He's a bit tepid. You see, does anybody look at Gary Barlow? I know I can never do this, but you know, do you look at Gary Barlow and you've kind of grown up with Gary Barlow? Yeah, do you look at him? Yeah. Well, kind of. I was. I was. I was just at that age where I was just you know kind of trying to sell all my Madonna tapes because they were not cool enough to oh, be right. when I was 14. But, you know, I'm, I did sneakily But do you like look them. at him and think, wow, the, he has the resonance of history at his back? 
Because that's half the battle with Paul mm. McCartney, isn't it? He comes on stage and people go, that's bloody Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. No. And he kind of never will, will he? Or will it? I don't, I don't know. Will that happen? Because it's, it's kind of interesting. We've gone through an interesting time the last few years in that the teen acts have shown themselves capable of reinventing themselves very successfully yeah. as middle-aged entertainers, haven't they? And we had another case of this with Kylie. Yeah. Who's how old? 42, 43. And, and going stronger than ever. 43, mm. I Because yeah. probably sell more tickets than she's never done. I love Kylie. Career. I love Kylie. You know, but, so will those people ever be promoted to that, that kind of senior slot? Yeah. You've got to be like, <laughs> it's national treasure slot. You, you kind of want to give I them think... a cuddle, don't you, really? Like, Kylie, you want to give them a cuddle. You know, mm. other people might want to give them on that. But, um... And you want to give Paul McCartney a cuddle, you don't want to give Gary Barlow a cuddle, because he's a bit... So it's, it's a cuddle test, isn't it's it? It's a cuddle test, That's yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> maybe Robbie Williams, depending on what yes. mood he's in, he kind of goes folding in and out of fever for, for that. But Gary Barlow, when they came back to four-piece, and everybody thought it was going to be this nostalgia trip, and just like the way Boys On came back and they'll play, like, one show at Wembley. And then they just took on this whole other life. Then he started mm. writing much better songs. Uh, then the, the band just became enormous, and then they got Robbie Williams back, and it was a nice kind of uh, resolution to all the bitterness that had kind of... Because uh, he was indescribably naff, mid-late 90s, when Robbie Williams was taken off. And yeah. everybody had kind yeah. of said that uh, Gary Barlow, was, he was the talent, he was going to be the one that was hugely successful. And... He wasn't, bombed, yeah. and everybody, he quickly became a byword for kind of a naff kind of job in singer-songwriter who wasn't Gary Barlow and who wasn't Guy Chambers, and he was in the wilderness for a long, long time, mm. yeah, yeah. kind of writing B-sides for various people and all of that, so kind of the fact that he came back and the band became bigger than ever... Well, it is phenomenal. It, it's that it is to, to do to do a comeback and where your comeback exceeds your previous. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of unprecedented. But, but, don't, but don't you think everybody's comeback nowadays is bigger than their first incarnation because they've got the original fans and they've got some new ones. Mm. So, but the audience has grown, hasn't it? Uh, I think it's like Paul McCartney now is playing bigger venues yeah. than he ever would have done at the Beatles. The, the issue, the issue with Paul McCartney is that nobody wants to hear the new stuff, whereas half of Take That Set now people want to hear the new yeah, stuff off the last. And couple they of do albums. want to hear it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like real. World and patience and stuff like that are songs. as big as their kind of early nineties hits. Oh really? Oh very yeah, much yeah. so. I think they've, what they've done is take. Um, it's almost a bit of Coldplay's kind of you know t- you know. I'm, I'm not a man, who, man who has emotions. Yeah, man who has emotions and melodies that kind of you know stick in your head. And yeah. they've taken that and they've bolted that to you know we're a bit older. You know, a lot of them have got better looking. I think you know they uh, kind of uh, kind of grown into their looks. Yeah, I've, I was always a Jason Orange fan because I'm a bit weird. But so I think you, he's gotten very so handsome you, indeed. Oh, really? See, and now I'm not suggesting, perish the thought, that there might be any plastic surgery jiggery no. poetry going on with any of these performers. But Take do you that, think, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to name any names at all, but it is a fact, isn't it, nowadays, that people can, can keep... The you know the kind of depredations of Anno Domini at bay for <laughs> far longer, this can't they? True. This is true. And I'm, I certainly wouldn't suggest Bruce Springsteen's had anything of <gasps> any of that. I don't care. He can do anything. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> but they don't. Look, people don't look old in the way that they used to look old, do they? I mean, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney turns up the other night, and I'm thinking. I don't know how you've done it, Paul, but you yeah. look five years younger than you did. I think people look younger anyway. Here's a completely different example. Have you watched, did you watch recently, um, 56 Up on ITV? Yes. 
Um, I did. Uh, the this show is the that started. The documentary started the six year olds. Yeah, yeah seven year olds in 1964, yeah. every seven years. Um, yeah. Fantastic TV, still an ITV player, brilliant. Um, what I found from that, watching it, is people now look younger than they did. You know, 21 years ago is really bizarre, I think, because, you know, maybe quality of life has got better, yes. you know, maybe it's not going That's the other way now. The, the emergence of middle youth, where you're, middle youth. you don't have to, when you reach a certain age in the 60s, that's when you wore the suits. And so as a man, you wore a suit and the suit became a symbol of you in going into middle age. And now people in their 50s are running around in 300 pound trainers and mm. 400 pound imported jeans from Japan. And that's fine. So... The, the fashion has changed as well, and people yeah. people are allowed to pretend they're indulged in their pretends to chase that youth. They don't have to. Once you have kids, you don't have to stop going out. And certainly, if you look yeah. at like live music, the big boom in live music was getting out people out of the house who would never go to live gigs. That they would assume that they're too old to yeah, go to yeah. live gigs. And if you're a woman in your early sixties these days, and I count my mum in this, you probably got blonde hair. You know, my mum's uh, brunette. Yeah. But, uh, you know, kind of people dye the hair. They don't dye the hair purple or pink. They dye it blonde. Yes. And they, you know, dress a bit Doesn't more... Doesn't adopt a head square. Yeah, no head like squares, like no beige mac, yeah. sensible <laughs> shoes, still got the heels on. You have been listening to the free feed of the Word podcast. The full album-length version is only available to subscribers to the magazine. To sign up and to hear the rest of this podcast, go to www.wordpodcast.co.uk Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.